0: Episode 37 of Gaming and BS, sponsored by darktheater.net, home of the Character Folio. Welcome to Gaming and BS, a podcast where we talk about tabletop gaming, specifically RPGs. I am one of your co-hosts, Sean.
1: And I'm Brett. Welcome back, folks.
0: All right, Brett. Uh, Shall we go straight into the game hole?
1: I think we should. That's where the cool stuff is.
0: Update from the game hole. All right. Consider running some some D&D Adventurers League. So game hole, we do updates. Um, Game hole con is a local con here in Madison that's held November. Um, Everybody should come. They're looking for D and D League, Adventurers League DMs. This is from Thomas Valley. I know Tom; he's a good guy living in Florida. Coming up, he was up for Gary Con. Now he's coming up for Game Hole Con. He's a close personal friend of the Game Hole
1: guys. If he's coming from Florida, there's no reason that Phil Vecchione uh, can't make it from New York. That's uh, what I'm saying. Well, Phil was trying to—he was trying to squeeze a lot of it. I think. Well,
0: <laughs> Just can't say, kidding, Phil. I can't Give say I go to—I can't say I go to New York for too many Game Cons. Well, maybe I have to, I guess. I don't know.
1: I, uh, hey, if it if I get to hang out with the boys, I, it might be worth it. Anyway. Yeah.
0: We need more DMs. We have 13 confirmed DMs for the event, but that's not going to be enough unless you all like working like slaves. There's nothing wrong with that, of course. If you know someone who might like the wide and varied perks that come with being a DM for Adventurers League at this year's Game Con, please send them my contact information. You'll need a DCI number. You can get them free at Wizards.com. If you d if you DM for fourteen hours, your registration is your registration fee is refunded. Boom. And, yes, you read that correctly. Rumored and unconfirmed. That's awesome. Tom's making all this stuff up as he goes. Rewards for DMing more than fourteen hours at twenty. 28- well, I think this. I
1: think the uh, any DMing for more than fourteen hours. The rumors are unconfirmed. Or what we're going through right now. I think this is all rumors and unconfirmed. If you're over fourteen hours, uh, that's how I'm taking it. Gotcha.
0: 28 hours mention on the gaming NBS podcast pants optional. And I know Thomas made that up cause he didn't run it by me first.
1: I don't see how, I mean, pants, we never, we never mandate pants. No, I think that's perfectly reasonable.
0: But I didn't even know you we were going to mention.
1: Pizza. Oh, you mean the first part? I thought you yeah. were just, just talking about the pants.
0: Yeah, ah. no, 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 the pants thing. Uh, totally. Yeah, no problem. Um, but I guess we're going to mention you on the podcast if you, if you do that. Well, I guess if you we get are.
1: Somebody, if you get somebody who's going to DM for over 14 hours, 14 plus, I'll be more than happy to raise a toast to that fool. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's just awesome. I mean, if you get in there
0: and you're going, yeah, hell yeah. Says at 36 hours, Chris Perkins looks across the room at you. You raise your eyebrow. He raises his eyebrow. You lean forward. He leans forward. You close your eyes and pucker. What is he talking about? He looks at you with a slightly offended and, shall we say, disgruntled look. You realize you completely misled the situation, misread the situation. I can't even read English. You both go about your lives. Wow. Tom, he's kind of, I don't know. So like, I
1: think th- I think there's a possibility. After 36 hours of gaming, you're going to start to see things. Things might happen. Mm-hmm. Mild gaming inv- invoked hallucinations are kicking in. You don't quite know what's going on. That's I, I could is. see that. I have, I could see that happening.
0: He's just, see. he's just for, like, we're seeing what may happen, not yes, not that that's a word.
1: No, he's not saying it's a word, he's saying this is the thing that could happen. Yes, yeah, so you're gonna be push yourself that far,
0: become delusional. Yes, it might. Gotcha. At 48 hours, Alex Kammer becomes your personal foot masseuse, one week limit.
1: I, wow. I might go in for 48 hours then. Yeah, it doesn't I could, say I, could, I, could, it doesn't, <laughs> I don't see that as being a, a dream sequence thing. That sounds like a promise. Yeah,
0: it doesn't say that you even have to be good. Yeah, uh, total shitty GM for forty eight hours, and you get fuck. We could do that. Yeah. We could be shit GMs for forty eight hours. Hell yeah! All right, <laughs> contact 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 Tom Valley. I can't read again. Contact Tom Valley via email at mysterywisconsin. That's all one word: mysterywisconsin at gmail.com. He would love to hear from you, and probably hook you up with some of the promises that he's not going to be able to keep.
1: Hey, nothing wrong with that. Got to start somewhere. Jeez, that guy.
0: I know how to market stuff. He's a typical sales guy. Promise you the world. Can't deliver anything.
1: Yeah, but it's that game hole, man. Anything goes. You never know. It uh-huh. could happen. I suppose.
0: <laughs> Number the second one. Do you want to get on that or what? Yeah, let, let me read this here. All okay, right. so
1: just so folks are aware, badge registration for the Upper Midwest largest tabletop gaming convention is opening on Saturday, June 27th. So that is coming up. Uh, if you've not done so already, make sure you go to that Gamehole site and create an account ahead of time. It'll take um, make it'll make registration go a lot faster for you. Uh, in addition to the day badges, they've got full weekend badges. They'll be featuring their VIG badges. <clears throat> they've only got 125 of those available, and uh, those who hold a VIG badge this year will have a chance to review renew. Excuse me, renew their VIG badge before. 2016 before they're opened up to the general public for sale. So that's kind of cool. Basically, you get in now, you've got an edge on anybody else next year. So that's pretty cool. Sweet. The next one is, um, this is from the office of Mr. Greenwood, Ed Greenwood. Um, So, quote, as some of you may already know, Mr. Greenwood has had to cancel many of his scheduled public appearances in 2015. Mrs. Greenwood, uh, his wife... Uh, turned 80 this year. Unfortunately, your health is not as good as it used to be. So while Ed will still be able to attend some events, he does need to be back home in the evenings to take care of family. So no overnights for a while. This means that for the first time in decades, he will not be attending Gen Con. And that we will have to cancel his planned trip to Madison, Wisconsin in November to attend hole Con. Uh, that, I thought, bummer. So I reached out to Alex Kammer through the through his Facebook uh, hole discussion. I'm like, dude, this sucks. I love seeing Ed there. It's just It's really cool. And Alex said, you know what, we're keeping him listed as a guest, because he's told me, this is Alex talking, he's told me he still wants to come. We'll see if anything changes over the next few months. Now, with the tail end of May here, November's a ways off, health can improve, all sorts of situations and whatnot could change, conditions could improve and all that good stuff. So um we're pulling for you, Ed. Hopefully you can make it. Um love to see you at Game Hole again, man. So hopefully he'll make it there.
0: All right, let's hit random encounter. Random encounter where we field email, emails, voicemails, social media, uh, iTunes reviews, smoke signals, um, sign language from our listeners. First one, Zave, a repeat offender. Yes. <laughs> great show. I think Wayne is a great addition, a great add to the program. Can't wait to see and hear Wayne's thoughts on gaming. If you don't know who Wayne is, you gotta go on Google Plus and see who Wayne is.
1: I just wish they hadn't mentioned that because I'm sure that little bastard heard that or will hear it and after eyeballs.
0: Yeah, yep, that's for sure. Ah, uh, yeah. Yep. yep, yep.
1: Yep. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Now you got
0: riled up. Yep, yep, yeps. Easy. All right, so I have a number of dead game, dead games. Merp. Okay, I see our hero. I think he means ice, ice,
1: Ice. Iron Crown Enterprises. Oh, I see ice
0: hero. Roadmaster. Roll. Don't do that. (laughs) Roadmaster and and Top Secret and Traveler. I'm going to squirt my cat here with some air quick because he's starting to annoy me, but after this email quick. Um, The one I grew up on was Rollmaster. I'm still playing it too. Running a Rollmaster game right now for six of my friends, of which two have played the system before. I think there are two main reasons I play dead games. One, it is nostalgia. There is no greater fun than jumping into a system slash world you loved, bring new friend new and old friends along. Two, it is the system I know top to bottom, inside and out, back of my hand. This gives me a level of comfort jamming or playing, so uh no new system can like no system I cannot read I cannot read.
1: All right, tag, I'm in. Rolemaster being the game I have played the longest may have something to do with it also. I would like to ask both of you, is the game system you have played the longest the one you love the most, or is that a new system that you've spent less time with? Keep up the great work, your fans Ave So the question is, is the game we've played the longest the one I love the most? It's kind of that what's your favorite system. I read this as the Desert Island, your favorite system, Sean. What are you going to play, and is it the one... That you played the most, and that's why you want it, or is it because it's a new sexy thing that you want to get your hands on, and f- that's the one you want to play? My favorite
0: system's the one I'm playing. Are you serious? yeah. Boom! I don't know. No, I don't know if I have a, a favorite system. I don't know if there's like, wow, this is like the greatest system ever. As much as um, a genre? Ah, uh, no, no. See, I you know this is what makes my wife really upset is she will ask your inability to communicate and read English. (laughs) No, not that one. (laughs) No, not that at all. That's probably on her list though. Probably is. I would say that it has to do with my inability to be over, overly impressed by anything or have a strong opinion, uh, opinion one way or the other. I, she'll say, what did you think of the movie? I'm like, yeah, it was okay. I mean, how, how was your meal? Yeah, it's good. It was Okay. It's like nothing – there are very few things that put me so far over the top where I go gangbuster crazy. Now, so that's why I say it's probably the one I'm playing, even though that may not be true, because I may play a game where I just don't like the system. But I'll I'll play it to try it. I just – I like flavor, man. I I think if I I play a game too long, I just get – I think the most familiar one is D20, though. So if I had to say – if it was something that I enjoy, I don't know if it's enjoy, but if it's something where if I used Zave's criteria, D20, because when I got back in the hobby in 2000, that's the system and it made sense to me and there were skills and you rolled a D20 and you added stuff and it, you either succeeded or didn't against the difficulty number. So a lot of it was very intuitive. I didn't have... I don't think I ever memorized any of the AC tables from first edition AD&D. So I know that. Like, if I picked up Spycraft D20 and wanted to run it, I could run it because it's very straightforward. It's, you know, if I got Cthulhu D20, I could run it because it's all D20. There's skills, there's the standard abilities, there's the Fort mm-hmm. Will, um, the Fort Will and Reflex saves. I don't know, man. It's I, So I don't know if it's the my favorite but it's the one I probably know the best because I probably played the most. Okay. Bam, mic drop. Boom.
1: <laughs> so is the game system I have played the longest, the one I love the most, or the new system I spent less time with. I For me, it's a toss-up between the, um, the World of Darkness system because I still like it. I've used it for a lot of different things in a modern setting, and the D20, the D&D type of flavor. I really, really – my heart goes in the fantasy direction. Because I really think I can do for me whatever reason mental hang up or per- perceived limitation or something, but I really love the fantasy genre, and to me, very few things capture that as well again, I think it's be- partly because of or probably very stri- strongly and uh, nostalgia is the the d and d stuff, and I like the d twenty the i'm really loving five e right now when I'm reading, but even three o and that stuff, I really like that I really like it a lot, and uh I think that's the I think that's the one I love the most, really, is my d and
0: d I know. It's kind of it. – yeah,
1: it's cliche to be the guy. Oh, yeah, I still like D&D after all these years. But, yeah, well, fuck it. That's what I like, so.
0: All right, moving on. Thanks, Dave. Uh Nathan. Oh, Nathan, I, I don't know how to – prop. if I were to say your last name, I would, I would say Panke, Pon- Panky? Panky. Pank? I don't know. Nathan Nate I know the man. Nate I know Nate uh from Google Plus I know I know Nate right uh, He comments on episode 31 He wanted to make a comment regarding that episode This one has to do what was episode 31 Was that uh Levels
1: This might be Bards oh, He's talking about Bards It is in here. the
0: Bards Oh this is good uh, this is good I like Nate's post okay
1: I, I I love the fact that Bards will not die All right <laughs> it's so here, just here we
0: awesome Long live the bard I ran an all-first-level bard one-shot at a local con here in KC, which is Con three years ago. It was a blast. I had six players roll three to six down the line for attribute scores and told them, don't worry about it. You're first-level bards. You suck. Attribute scores won't help that. Love it. Ouch. Bam. Ouch. Smack. The setup was the party was a wedding band that have the gig of a lifetime. Two kingdoms are forging peace through the marriage of their children. Children. The party shows up to find the wedding is canceled because the wedding party has been kidnapped by an evil dragon. Both kingdoms' guards and captains have been missing after looking for them. The gods of rock visit the PCs with gifts of magical musical instruments that will help them in their journey. <laughs>
1: I just, I'm seeing like Gene Simmons and these other gods just kind of (laughs) descending. Oh, yeah. I just see, you know, Gene Simmons, got a little Freddie Mercury with a mic, with a mic, half a mic stand coming, swooping in. You know, this is, (laughs) keep going, keep going.
0: The party faced many fearsome foes in several dreadful locales, but found their way to the dragon's dungeon, where it had turned out that the princess didn't want to leave. She was a bit of a bridezilla. The dragon's servants were all terrified of her and called her the beast. The PC at first thought thought they were talking about the dragon. Eventually the game ended with the dragons. Gene Simmons, I even role played his soft spoken and low key demure. And PCs facing off in a battle of the band with the undead guards and captains of the wedding parties, kingdom's Sir James Hatfield, the Metallic, Father Dio, the Holy Diver. The Mad Mage Osborne and Alice Cooperstein, the patchwork man. It was fun. <laughs> An adventure was had. I like bards and have played one in almost every edition, although I've not played The Rocker Boy. Oh. And it was called No Hold Bard. Nice. I think it was No Holds Bard, is what he said.
1: Well, I'll tell you, man, that's the type of stuff you can at a con. To me, when I go to a con, I want to sign up for a game or listen to people who are playing games at cons. Uh, I guess if people dig the organized play and whatever, but there's something really cool about playing this this type of thing at a con, it's, it's shit you would never do anywhere else. That's really slick. I like that. Very cool.
0: Most excellent. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Let's do Thank you, Nathan. Sponsor. Michael Althauser, a friend of the show and sponsor, is the gamer behind the awesome dice bags available at grayedout.etsy.com.
1: Yeah, I've got four of these awesome bags. These are stand-up bags, dual drawstring, tough as nails. He can do custom work. He's got a ton of things in his shop, custom colors. You name it, he can pull it off for you.
0: Be sure to mention Gaming NBS for a 10% discount when you place your order. At the website grayedout. That's g r e y e d o u t dot etsy dot com. All right. Brett, the topic for discussion. What are we talking about this week, Brett?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I'm kind of scared and nervous. No, wow, I'm so. Now
0: hiring uh, co host Gaming MBS. Hiring. What happened to the last guy, guy that was uh, in this position? Well, it didn't didn't work out.
1: Fucking topic—that's his problem. (laughs) So I had a couple different topics that were rattling around in my little brain today, and I thought, you know what? I sat down with my boys, and they wanted to play D anD D Five E because they'd heard I've been playing with Sean, and I was having fun with it. So I'm like, cool, yeah, we'll sit down and do that. So we sat down, and we spent a couple hours making characters together, getting them walking through the book. It's a lot of fun, you know, a lot of different components, bits and pieces. AJ and Connor love the. The different, um, some of the background stuff, the bonds concepts, the flaws, the trinkets you get, all the cool stuff that's in the system. So that just in the player's handbook, they really loved it. I was thinking, (coughs) excuse me, how do we like to do um, character gens? I've talked to a number of different people. I think I heard Ken Height bashed this this concept on, uh, on uh, Ken and Robin, when time like, you know, nothing worse, I'm totally paraphrasing probably between Ken and a number of other people, but nothing worse than wasting a gaming session, building characters at the gaming session, right? You get all the, the men and women in to play and everybody sits down and you're like, okay, we're going to make all the characters together. <sighs> and I guess some people hate that. And I've done it both ways where I've had people build characters at the session or sit down the brand new system. The first time I ran Gumshoe for my crew, I said we're going to build characters together. I gave them some background info and concepts that they could noodle on and come with. <clears throat> excuse me, background ideas and so forth ahead. But we actually spent the points and built it together um, so that everybody could. It was a new system; they could ask me the rules questions and all that stuff in mass, so I wouldn't have to repeat myself over and over again. And so that everybody could kind of you know bounce concepts and things back and forth. However, whenever we run a game system that we know pretty well, it comes down to, you know, the, the group tends not to want to do that on site or, you know, waste, quote unquote, the first session to build characters. They'd rather kind of come in so they can hit the ground running. And I thought, you know, I like I said, I've done it both ways over the, over the many years I've been doing this. And I've I like I don't mind getting together and making my character in a room. With the rest of the folks, it doesn't uh, strike me as a waste of time or a a blown session opportunity. So I thought, Sean, I was going to get your take on it and perhaps find out I'm wrong or continue to uh, show you how wrong you are, one of the two. So,
0: Brett, (laughs) I'd like to think that I'm a little bit more professional than that and that I would not just go out of my way to tell you that you're wrong.
1: I'd like to think you were too, but I've been around you long enough that I know you're not.
0: Well... I mean, I do have a, I do have, um, how do you put it? Oh, a, a duty to our listeners to, to call it like I see it. I don't want I don't, I don't want our relationship to be just, yeah, you and I think the same and everything's yes. No, I totally
1: agree with everything you say. And okay, it, moving on.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's fair. I don't want to yeah. live a facade, Brett. Oh, I get it. Our relationship it. should not be a facade.
1: No, it is not. So, Sean, if I told you we're going to play 5e, um, whatever the world is, you got the world background. And I said, hey, we're going to get together at my place. We're going to make characters or we're going to make characters on Roll20 together. We're going to spend the first session making characters as a group. What's your gut reaction to that?
0: I'd say that's a damn dumb idea. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I think it's um, no, I think it's fine. You know you could there's two ways to do it: you get everybody together and you make characters, or you don't. And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. Uh, I have done both. Do you have a preference i I wish I did i My preference is so this is what I think is my preference is to get everybody together and make the characters and collaborate in character creation. But it never happens that way. As a matter of fact, even recently with Jim, uh, Kevin, and Austin, we, I said, make up second set of characters because sometimes we get players that don't show up. And they're like, okay, and they kind of did their thing and they're like, hey, what are you going to make? What are you going to make? And that was pretty much the extent of it. But it wasn't where it was like, hey, I'm going to make up this guy and then that's cool. Um, how should we tie our relationship together or how, how are you know should we or shouldn't we and how should we that conversation really doesn't happen and I would say eight out of ten times that I run a game and I say run a game and some mostly even when I play that's the situation very few times is there a bonding of the characters even during character creation whether it is in person or not?
1: See, that's the, the. to me, the crux of it is, well, I should, well, maybe it's not the crux of it, but one of the things I see is the crux of it, perhaps, is that what you just, well, the thing you mentioned about the, the bonding of it is that when, <clears throat> when I ran the game, um, excuse me, the Bookhounds of London, which is the um, the sub, kind of a, I shouldn't say a sub, it's a setting piece for uh, Trailer Cthulhu. It was really helpful to go through and say, look, I need a bookstore owner, I needed this, I needed this to complete the team. Excuse me. So having everybody take their proper proper role, or not everybody making fighters, and not everybody making the same type of sneak thief or whatever it is, and in that setting, having <clears throat> you know fifty two librarians gets to be a bit much. You'd ra- you need one dude who owns a bookstore. Maybe somebody else could own a bookstore. You need somebody who's good at you know hobnobbing with um, <clears throat> the wealthy to to help get the books and so on in, in a book hounds game. But you, you really do need to have people that fill certain niches, which is at least the way I, the way I set up the storyline. And to me, it's much the same as to go back to like a D&D perspective, right? You've got your core classes and to have a balanced party in some way, wait a you minute. need to make sure that people co- cover different pieces of it.
0: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold the phone, man. Here's Did I just wh- say here's balanced? A- is that the problem? Yeah. <laughs> 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 here's what I'm going to call Bullshit do it well so here's the deal man you talk about balance and saying and i I get what you're saying so it's not Mm. an argument against what you're getting at it's brett doesn't do balance no not
1: necessarily no i don't but what i'm saying is
0: balance is bullshit like an encounter can be a lich but it doesn't mean so it doesn't have to be balanced it doesn't have to adhere to a cr but wait a minute I got to have like this guy and that guy and this guy to have a well-rounded party. I leave it to you, listener. Oh, snap. If you've listened to us for a while, and if you oh. haven't, go back a few. From, Keep
1: listening to you. Find out where I'm wrong. That's
0: right. Start at one. Start at one. <laughs> and work your way forward. And figure out what Sean's talking about. And then so, s- tell me I'm totally out of my mind.
1: You're out of your mind. All
0: right, Brett. I will, I will turn it over to you to get you yourself out of this it fucking might. quagmire.
1: Oh, first rule of holes. When you find yourself in one, stop digging, but I'm not, I'm going to keep, I got the pickaxe. I'm going.
0: Yeah, man. So, True PM. Go for it. <laughs> like, fuck. I'm,
1: I'm in <laughs> deep, man. I got to get out of
0: here. I told him it's on time and on budget. What am I going to do now?
1: I lied. I don't have enough resources. What am I going to do? <laughs> so in, so for the topic of the moment is building, is building your characters when the group wants to build characters and I say, Hey, look, here's the story. Here's the different types of roles. The group looks at that and says, well, you know what? To really get the most out of what Brett's laid out for us, it would be helpful to have one bookstore owner, one person who at least grabs in this place, somebody who can handle hobnob with royalty, nobility, rich folks. We should probably have somebody who's kind of a skeevy underground um, thief, somebody who break in and do stuff. They see, the, they see the outline. So I push them a little bit by saying, hey, <clears throat> these are skills that would be very handy to accomplish. The types of things that you guys will be up against. OK, great. Boom. They go off and do it. They ended up shorthanded or short skilled, if you will, a couple different places because they chose not to jump onto everything. But even in a DD and d type of scenario, when you're building groups together, I say, hey, it's going to be a city based campaign. You know, thieves. These are the type of things that fit really well. The group will say, OK, cool. I'll do that. Somebody somewhere is going to go. I'm a barbarian. All right. I'm a half orc barbarian, great. You know somebody's going to break that mold, whatever it is. What I'm more concerned about in this instance isn't <coughs> a balanced party. In that, I need a thief, I need a mage, I need a fighter, I need a cleric. What I'm more concerned about is that when you're building your characters together, the group has that opportunity to listen to what the uh, the setting's supposed to be like, what the story type of concept is, and then say, okay, um, how do we want to attack this, guys? So, Sean, what do you like to play? You like to play. Um, Sneaky guys. I think you'd make a great road. We could always use one. What do you want to do? It's, it's on the party then to come up with that together. Uh-huh. And in that process, then they start to then they start to say, well, we got five thieves. God, shouldn't we all be in the guild? Are we all in the guild together, Brad? Uh-huh. Are we in the guild? Great. Uh-huh. Hey, we're all here. Do we all know Chris's book star owner? Should we all be like tied to him? Sure. Go right ahead. I see the inner party bonding um, between the player characters starts to happen when they're building characters together. That's where I'm going with this. Uh huh. I think I got out of hey, my hole. Maybe not.
0: I don't have. I don't have the slow golf clap. But here, <laughs> nice. Oh, you're a dick. Hey, and for the record, man, I do. I do. Um, I do agree with you. I do like the. I, I don't think it's balanced either. I, but I do think you, if you have different kinds of dynamics within the group, if everybody's playing the same, same quote unquote person. Then it's so. Actually, I think gonna the be,
1: dynamics term is better than the same than uh, balance. I like that term better.
0: Yeah. See, it's all semantics. What a weasel! He's such a weasel. You know, he says, "Oh, yeah, it's all day." Di- I like the word dynamics. That's kind of better suited for what I was talking about. <laughs> That's fine. Um and sometimes uh-huh. I think playing the same, like everybody playing, like in, in Nate's thing where everybody's playing bards or everybody's playing fightor. I think those are cool themes. And I think even Alex was um, pulling one on Mike Mahalis. Mike is a guy of the game hole. Um, who, <laughs> Alex, who's the director of Game Hole, they're, they're a game group. They go back a long ways. And when Alex runs, when they run a game or somebody runs a game for their group, The guys like to push the GM's buttons. So one time they're like, Yeah, we'll play. Okay. And they're like, We're going to all play dwarves. So it's, you know, then, and then they're going to all make up silly names because the GM, Mike, doesn't like it when they make silly names. So they purposely go out of their way to make silly names. Yeah, they ride them and razz them. But, anyways, what I was getting at is, yeah, it's okay to run a game full of all the same thing. But also, there's something to be said about the dynamics, right? Bright, Brett? Dynamics.
1: Absolutely. Not, dynamics. That's not, where it's at. Not, it's a paradigm shift. Right? It's like a paradigm shift. <laughs> other other stupid business corporate shit talk. Hey, i Hey, to
0: touch base on this. We're going to circle back.
1: Yeah. What we've got to do is reach out to a few people. Reach you know, out. Kind of throw it against the wall, see what sticks. You know, we'll, we'll, we can then just start, gotta brainstorm. Sometimes just, we just got
0: to. Yeah. Brainstorm, circle back, touch base. And saw, smash in the face. Exactly. So if you're going to do
1: something where they're all bards, right? Okay, at a con, it's pre-gens, handing them out. Okay, I guess we are all fucking bards. I get this. If I wanted to run no holds barred well, hold on. for Sean and a bunch of other folks, I got to tell you what's going on.
0: Well, I do think that if you're running at a con, though, you're also more apt to make that balanced party, right? Unless you're going off on the theme, like like Nate yeah, did, if, right?
1: Like Nate did. Yeah. If you're going theme-based, then you got to head in that direction. So I guess, like I – my book hounds of London example. It's a theme based thing. It's the skeevy underground world of occult books and hard to find books and all that stuff in the 30s trading back and forth in London. And in that world, there's dirty, underhanded stuff. People are breaking and entering. You know, uh, um, ancient mythological tomes are going for pennies on the dollar because of the financial issues. And of course, the mythos is in there. You got Cthulhu and crazy ass shit going down but because of that sticking to the theme it's helpful then people say hey i'm you shouldn't play a barbarian you shouldn't play you know the ex whatever super ninja killer man in this type of setting whatever that might happen to be and when you're playing when you're making your character in a group together in the same room the group has that opportunity to say what what are you fucking super ninja lightning man killer dude what's going on with that oh, why yeah. are you doing that that there's, doesn't fit there's always
0: peer pressure there's always that guy and I say, I say that guy because it could be a woman, but I'm just saying it's that guy because that's the phrase. Don't be that guy. Yeah. I'm going to build a ninja. Wow. Well, hold on, dude. She and I run. Do get, yeah.
1: I, I was going to say, I do get why people don't want to make the characters together at the session because.
0: Secrets. If you, Yeah.
1: Well, not only secrets, but if you travel the distance or you just get there and you're like, really, we finally have a chance to show up to game and want wants to, spend our time rolling up stats or buying points. And can't we just do this online? Can't we just have talked about this over email? Can't we just do? I find though that my group is really good at it, but even so, depending on time constraints, we don't always have the opportunity to push that as far as we should. People make characters, they'll put stuff up, but we don't always have the opportunity to say, Hey, alpha beta, what are you guys doing with these different pieces? How are you all tied together? And the first session when everybody's characters meets for the first time, we end up doing it anyway. We end up coming with the bonding, we end up coming with how we know each other. Hey, look, I made a corporate spy, he made a corporate spy. Shouldn't we know each other? Fine. You do do do. You end up doing that stuff whether you did it together from the first or when you went home, made your private secret character and came back out, you end up having to do something. When the first time the characters get together, you end up having to pull that out of out of game if you will, connections back and forth.
0: Ah. You know, I do empathize with that but i don't it doesn't happen you know my you know it must be my games i don't know it's which is totally possible but i think with like even the 5e game that i'm running on now there was a simple establishment on who who knew the dwarf that was going to send him on their this mission and that was it otherwise it was kind of like well i know we did discuss it briefly like i made it that way, though. Otherwise, we would have just been okay. Let's go. What do we do? Let's start. Otherwise, um, but I did come up and say, Well, how, who know, who do you know? Well, I know this, I know that person's character. How? Um, we, we were hired to do some jobs together. Okay. We lived in a city and were in some criminal elements. Okay. But if I didn't bring it up, it'd be like, You are, you know, I, Read the box text the big the beginning of every adventure. That's how yeah. it would start. And you know what? I think, I think there is an element to. I think when I talk, I talk about D anD D mostly because it's kind of what I play and I use Pathfinder interchangeably. But just D anD D is the generic term. Is that's the way we just rolled? We we let the story start there and go. Because I think growing up, you didn't know if your guy was going to survive past level two. Right, so why? True enough. Why he, first
1: level mage? He's got two hit points. Yeah, Fuck knows he's, if he's gonna make it.
0: Stepped on a nail. He's dead. Great. Yeah. Screw it. Because then good at back,
1: build number seven. Brett's sc- favorite character.
0: Screw backstory at that point. Yeah, but I think as you and when you start out at first level again, D and D, and you're just gonna start running an adventure and being a part of a adventuring party. I think that develops over time and how you originally met and all that other backstory stuff. I like it. I like to have like at least a little something. I know some people go way off the deep end. I know some people who don't do anything at all. And I, yeah. you know, I don't know, there's not a wrong or right answer necessarily. And I don't know if I have a preference because I think it depends on the campaign you're running. So if I say, I'm going to run a homebrew setting and your background's are going to help me determine what the adventure is, then, Hey, I got to have some meat from you. But if it's not, I'm going to run a pre-published, I could give a shit. Like if you were born, a you know, poor white kid, or if you were, uh, an orphan and both your parents are dead or whatever it is, because no none of that, none of that may come into play. Now that's kind of shitty to say, but that's, know, that's the truth. That's Hey, I, I, tell it like it is. <laughs>
1: Well, I'll tell you, as as a person who really likes a homebrew setting, one of the nice things about making characters together the first time or as a group, <clears throat> when the players get together and working characters out, if the homebrew setting that you've got is the first time you're unloading it or, or letting the players get a handle on it and play into it, there's going to be a lot of questions about where's this from, how about this, do they speak dwarven in this part of the town, where are the elves from, and so on. And a lot of that stuff is good information that everybody needs to know. And it's probably somewhere in the one-page, two-page handout or the wiki page that you you uh, sent out to folks. People don't always remember all of it. So when you're building the characters together for that first time, there is that opportunity for everybody to ask those questions about that homebrew world. If it's a pre-published world like uh, Forgotten Realms or um, even <clears throat> Miskatonic, so Let's say you're taking place in a Call of Cthulhu game and it's in Miska, uh at the U, uh, Miskatonic University, there's certain knowledge in there that people can kind of uh, – it's pretty well known. People can uh, figure things up, figure things up, figure things out about it and so on. But if you're playing something that you've made up, that's your brand new homebrew, it gets easier and easier to make characters that fit the setting, that have enough setting background and information once you've played in it for a while. But especially that first time you play the homebrew, it's helpful to me anyway – to have the players make the characters with me in the room so i can answer all those player those character generation questions that are probably uh if sean hasn't asked it yet he was going to ask it in about two minutes but thankfully you know alpha brought it up first type of thing so i find i find there's a lot of benefit in that
0: well i wholly wholly agree that there is tons of benefit to it um i just think that some of the wow well, yeah i just if think- you don't
1: Oh, sorry, go, go go! I was just go. gonna
0: say some some just want to get down and and started, and I think they don't. They equate starting with, all right, you you find yourself on a you know well traveled road south of Neverwinter. You are, you know that the the weather is the weather is great and shines upon your face. As you adventure, you see a monument to your right side. This is what you've been waiting for. You know, I think that they just want to get. Not everybody. Mind you, but I think some just just kind of go right up five guys and let's go.
1: There's something cool about that, right? We're like, look, we're here at a game and let's OK, everybody bring a character that's first level D&D. Let's go. Or, hey, it's a 150 point Gerps game. Make your dudes. We're off and running. There's something really cool about that. However, if you do want the backstory, <coughs> excuse me, I guess. My argument is that even if – in my experiences anyway, even if I send everyone off to make their characters on their own, they come back in and everyone meets for the first time. Sean, who's your guy? What does he look like? He's five feet tall. He does this, this, and this. Oh, really? Shit, I think I know him. And there's that time that I'm going to, quote-unquote, waste in the first we're here to game session. We built all the characters. You don't have to worry about it. I'm going to spend that time anyway, drawing some someone's inner party connections because somebody f- didn't have a chance to email the other guy. Um, so-and-so, she wasn't able to, you know, get on the Google plus community. She just, you know, was working extra hours and just finally made it to the game, just whipped up her character or whatever it is. And you're going to spend to get that bonding perspective. Even if you're using something like dungeon world, we've got bonds, you've got ways to, to speed that up. It's still going to happen the first time your characters meet, or the first time they get together, or whatever it is. Unless you're going into a very, very old school, you know, you all met, you've all met in a bar, you've adventured for a while, or whatever it is, and you're out here in the in the sands and you're lost, your caravan was lost, all your camels are dead, and here's a pyramid. Unless it's that obvious, railroady from a beginning perspective, and you want to have the depth, you're going to spend the time either. Making the characters together to learn that stuff, or at the first game session, you're going to figure it out.
0: Huh? Yeah, think so. so. The other,
1: I think so. Huh? Now, the other thing I found for me anyway is when I see the characters make their, uh, however you get through it, either they they built the characters together or they do it during the very first game session. One of the things that ha- that my group does quite well, and I'm very pleased with, and I've seen other groups do it too that I've played with is, hey, um, wasn't your guy this person? Hey, didn't she have family from this area, from your backstory? Because you just made this up. You got a page of backstory or you, you whipped up something you created. You've got some crib notes. And someone goes, oh, shit, yeah, Tabby's character's from London. Don't you know this? You're from the south side. Oh, yeah, I would. Brett, do I know that? And because you shared that depth <coughs> excuse me, between the different characters, then people, the players, I should say, are then able to help each other pull stuff up they'll do i mean it's not even not even from a mechanical perspective like from a fate where i know you've got an attribute or an aspect that i want to call upon or invoke you with a fate point or something along those lines this is more of a hey friendly reminder i thought you said your guy's a gambling addict oh yeah shit we're in a we're here i gotta go look for a poker game my guy's addicted to gambling nothing i can do about it oh yeah that's right better keep Better keep Sean's guy away from the from the baccarat table. Oh shit, that's right. I've got gambling addiction. I forgot again. You know, because it doesn't come up every session or whatever it is. So I guess I'm the other thing that I think helps to me is that after you have that session, whether you do it the first time or you have that first session where everybody kind of starts spilling the beans and talking back and forth and figuring things out. I think the other piece that it does is it gives you that opportunity to do mods to your character build. And by that, I mean if I made a character for Sean, for your game, the, the Lost Minds of Found Delver. I find out that <coughs> Warty, my little halfling rogue cleric, sucks. He doesn't fit really well. I'd like to modify something. I could go, hey, can I make a new guy? Can I change something? I don't like this. I really would like to change some piece of him. And you'd be like, well, yeah. I mean, you played two sessions or one session, or whatever. Sure, you can make a change now. It, it totally doesn't fit that way. You've been playing him in X direction instead of Y. Go for it. Just write that in. We're fine. Everybody's good with it. Forget the fact that your your uh, character is addicted to something or smoked all the time because you've never brought it up. Just move on. Just find a different way to spend your points or something. So again, I think having the all the players involved in some way with the character development it doesn't necessarily hide secrecy and so on. You can still have those p- components, but it really helps everybody play as a group and then call, help each other, call out the different bits and pieces that make, that make the characters real. Mm. Sean either disagrees or doesn't
0: care. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. I get it. I totally get it.
1: I uh, now if, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say for roll twenty though, or any online thing, would you want to get everybody together and make characters over a Google Hangout? Do you think that would be something that you could have, would have, should have, or don't seem to care about?
0: Well, they made characters. Um, these second, these this round of second guys um, group, they made. They made while we were on roll twenty. Um, I would, I would like everybody to be connected and and making that happen and doing it in the first go around. I think the only time I don't have that happen is just when we want to start kicking things off and everything goes and it really doesn't matter um how people are related as long as as long as it's understood that nobody's gonna pick apart the fact that, well, I don't even know I'm why I'm with these guys. Uh you know, I don't want the actor who has to have a motivation. Like what's my motivation? Well, dude, it's because you are adventuring and you're in a game and you're not gonna piss me off. That's your motivation. Damn it.
1: So so to that point we're making five E characters tonight. Yeah. Counter agent, counter agent so did you send
0: anything. them into different rooms?
1: <laughs> I did. I made them one of them I went downstairs. I said, dude, you get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You no, know, don't don't talk to your brother. God damn it.
0: Now we know right? how now we know how Brett rolls his father. <laughs> no. Sweet. Not at all. Hey no, I have a great respect for that, man. Bring <laughs> back That's
1: exactly. Call like you see it. Bring back the six, Yeah. Yeah.
0: <sighs> daddy anyway, knows, daddy knows best. The word goes to
1: <laughs> not him. So anyway, back to the back to the reality. My son, Connor, makes his rogue. So he's this really cool guy. Great, great dude. A lot of fun. Little halfling thief. Going to be fun. Kind of thinking he wants to be an assassin later on. I'm like, OK, cool. We'll we can work with that. And he's super sneaky. And AJ makes his elf, his high elf. He decides he distrusts dwarves. and He goes through. He's got this 10 minute backstory talk. And it's really cool. And Connor says something like, well, you know, I, I mean, I, I might steal from the party because I'm a thief. And AJ looks at him and goes, I'll kill you.
0: <laughs>
1: and, and Connor's like, "Whoa, well, no, you can't do this. I said, dude, if you steal from the party, you're going to get booted out. Well, why? I said, because this is not how we talked about this. This is not what we want to do. Let it
0: roll, dude. <laughs> you can. Let it, let it However, roll.
1: So where I'm getting at, though, is that if you're that guy who wants to make, you know, the ultimate loner, thief, assassin, chaotic, evil, son of a bitch. And you're making it <laughs> in front of the group, and you're like, well, I I'm I'm this way and I might be a horribly evil person that does terrible things. And the group should be able to look at you during character go, No, he's not coming. There is an opportunity where players then have a chance to look at the other player who's quote unquote that guy, as we've said, until he or she, No, that character's not allowed. Well, can, I- there's there's a peer pressure thing that can be done to help correct. In my opinion, some of
0: that stuff. Well we do that in the meta. Okay. I, I think no, well, it's not okay. I think everybody does. You're you're doing it in the meta, right? You're not Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You're not you're not typically gonna sit down, make up peop make up a group, and then be that that guy, and then you start the adventure and then as things progress, you're like, Oh, I'm stealing hey, I'm gonna steal this guy's boots. Hey, I'm gonna steal this guy's gold. And then when he gets caught, he or she gets caught, and shit hits the fan, it's dealt with. It's to prevent that, right? It's to prevent It's actually
1: to prevent that. Or at least, if not to prevent it, to set the stage for if you do X, yeah. don't be shocked
0: when, you get when kicked out.
1: Y occurs. Yeah, when you yeah. get kicked out or whatever. When yeah. I ran for the the DC Everest Gaming Group, a bunch of high school kids, junior high and high school kids, we got together. I handed out characters and so we said, hey, can I have this type of personality? Yes, you can have almost anything you want. Let's talk about it. So we went around the room, figured things out. One person's like, I want to be a sneaky, stabby assassin who doesn't talk to anybody and this, that, and the other thing.
0: And it it, it, draws two-wielding, dual wielding skimitar. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and it was a young girl playing it and she really liked this type of mercenary, murder, hobo type character. I looked at her and I said, it's not going to work. She said, what do you mean? I said, look at what we have. But she had this, 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 and this. I said, you can be a thief. I said, but remember, if you do what you're talking about to this party, the paladin, he looks across her and waves at her. He's like, yeah, I'll have to kill you. I'm like, I don't think you want to do that. There's no one else in the group to, have to support you. won't have to kill
0: her, man. He's got to bring her to justice. Stand well, trial. Or, yeah, or that. Yeah.
1: But the point. the point was, is she went, oh, yeah, I guess. But I really like that type of thing. So then as a group, Shit. we all worked with her and said, well, how about you be this type of thief or this type of person and you're doing this type of assassination? You know, we, it, it's meta weirdness that you can only do at a gaming table. But we tweaked it so that she could still be kind of a badass motherfucker but not have to be the badass motherfucker that went after her own party. Right? I, ga- I said there will be plenty of opportunities for you to be this badass person to go and hack and slash and kill and stab and sneak in the dark and murder the hell out of people but don't do your own party. Oh, okay. I can do that. So again, the character generation in the background happening that first session really helped them as a group, set that expectation back and forth. And if somebody says, no, I really want to do that and I'll cope with it. If the paladin's, uh, if the party's paladin wants to take me to justice or the cleric wants to bash my head in with the, you know, the Kuthbert cleric can't take, take my shit anymore. Okay. I'll just deal with that.
0: Well, yeah. And then, you know, here's the problem with that though. It always ends up with pissed off players.
1: Exactly. That's and that's the why problem. I'm trying to head that shit off. Yeah. Is so if I throw let's throw fantasy out for a second. If I were to take uh Knights Black Agents oh. or any or any other modern game, at some point Knight's Black a, Agents. They have a you've trust
0: got, mechanic though.
1: There's a trust mechanic. Exactly. And the mechanic it helps you figure out how you're gonna play stuff back and forth. And again, when you're making your characters, if you've got five bagmen, two assassins, and you know, somebody who knows computers and, you know, some infiltration dude. There's a certain point where, like, I don't know if we've got all our bases covered. You know, we're supposed to be operating as some crazy burn spies, black opsy ninja bastards. And all we've got are wetworks guys.
0: So are you going back um, to balance uh, here or what?
1: No, it's not to balance. But from a player's perspective, they're going to look at it and say, OK, do we really have everything we need to go after the storyline that Brett or J or Jason or whomever has laid out for us that we're going to do. And they can say, well, no, I think we can totally make this work. This is great. And we do have this trust mechanic. We'll work with this. But I guess what what I'm saying is that the same discussion to me for character building happens regardless of the genre or the system. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I don't, I've yet to come up with – I've played a number of different systems in my years of doing this, and I've never had these separate discussions not happen at some point.
0: What discussion? The the melding?
1: <clears throat> the melding that people want to know each other. They want to know we don't know each other. It's going to be we've never met before. We're all thrust in media rays, and we're just supposed to just jump in and, and go because we're all in the wrong place at the wrong time. They want to have some concept of how they know each other and why they're together.
0: Well, I do think yes, I do think that there is an element to that. If there's and when any, you're getting if there's any strife, going. if there's any strife that comes up or any bend, then I think that comes up. Otherwise, sometimes I do think, well, many times my experience is that well, it depends on your group, too. The guys that I play with um there's two a couple of different groups. One that I played with, I mean, we grew up playing 30 years ago or whatever. And then there's the group that I've maybe been playing with for the last four years on and off. And then there may be one tomorrow that I start that's kind of new, like Austin and Kevin and you are kind of all new. Having said that, I think there is a – so some of that may come up when when you're in a new group and you're not sure how that person plays plays something. So they'll say, oh – I go and and pickpocket something and you're like, oh, you know, I don't know. Something I think has to spark that. It's not always – I think sometimes I don't know what I'm going to say and finish a thought. But anyways, what I'm trying to get at is (laughs) that I think – holy freaking balls. I think it has to do with – I think everybody assumes that everybody's together and everybody's got kind of the same moral compass, And if they don't have the moral compass, it can be something that's somewhat accepted. And as long as they're not off, like way off on one end of the scale, then they're fine. But if it tends to start getting way off to the other end of the scale, then it's like, why am I even with this asshole?
1: So I think the best way to think about it – I mean, this just hit me now <clears> – <throat> is instead of saying balance or anything along those lines, I as a game master of setting expectations is this is the type of adventure. Here's a story. Here's the type of characters that don't fit. Here's what does fit or what fits better. Here's the type of uh, adventures or things you should plan to deal with here. I'm running Blades in the Dark, therefore it's X. I'm running uh, Top Secret, it's Y or whatever. As players back and forth to each other, <clears throat> I believe it's fine – to have an expectation setting between each other. And I think that if you're going to build characters before your first game session, you need to either get together in some way online or something or start, you know, saying, "Hey, look, you know, I really like to play a paladin, but I always play my paladins like this. Are you guys okay with that?" You know, I play a paladin like Judge Dread. Is that okay? I, you know, whenever I play a thief, I like, you know, I'll steal from the party until I get caught. And that doesn't bother me as a player. I swear to God, I won't get mad. If you kick me out, that's fine. But that's how I play my thieves. I think players having that discussion with each other, an open, honest expectation setting discussion between players, whether they're. And that's where for me, when they're building the characters at that first game session, we build them together. I facilitate that discussion with the players. So, somebody says, "I really like to do something kind of, kind of sneaky and private." Hey, guys, don't no, step over here. We'll go into the other room. We'll talk about some private backstory you might have. But just so you know, um, this is kind of you know what do I want to say. If you want to play a chaotic evil character, well, you know, so far, just remember, Sean. You know, this guy's lawful good. This person's neutral good. This person is, um, you know, lawful neutral, or whatever. If you're lo- using that type of thing, or hey, you know, you're the only person who's playing. <coughs> Um, a badass ninja boxer assassin man and everybody else are librarians. I'm just saying based on where the whole party's going and what the storyline and all the other expectations are, I don't know if you'll fit. So I think having the players work with each other and balance their own expectations across. <clears throat> I know, Sean, uh, when I was playing with you, the only person I didn't know in your group was uh, Jim. So I know Kevin and I know Austin. I've got a pretty good idea how they play. I've run for them. For a number of years now, I get it. I know I could fit in with them. If it was a totally new group, I would have said, Hey, guys, I want to play this type of character. Um, Is that okay? Does that fit? They would say, Yeah, no, or whatever. I I mean, I'm going to ask those questions because I want to try to set the expectation with the other players so that I don't walk in and be a total asshole and then have them wish I, as a player, was never there, even though I might want to say something like, I'm going to play a horribly uh, twisted evil son of a bitch in this game and are you guys okay with it? Yeah, that sounds like fun. Yeah, that's cool. No, go ahead and do it. And then we're together. I'm good. We've set expectations. I'm fine. Granted, there I could still end up being an ass, and then we could still have bad blood on a on a human player to player level. Right. But at least you start the discussion and talk it out.
0: Yeah, I get you.
1: Yeah. I, I ranted there. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm totally with you. Hey. Let's let's kill that horse.
1: I think we should. I think. All, I- right. All right.
0: Let's go into die roll. Die roll. Die roll. Where Brett and I bring up two to four miscellaneous points of gaming or geekery we want to share with you and bring to your attention. Brett, you may start. All right.
1: So, uh, the BPRD has a training camp. Apparently there's a Hellboy camp out in, um, Oregon. Apparently it what? looks really cool. I think a buddy of, I've got the link in the show notes. I think a buddy of uh, mine and Lenny's and Kevin's is out there. I, th- I think his kids went, or we're going to go at some point. So if you're out in the Oregon area, that looks pretty freaking cool. Take a look at the show notes and, uh, See what you think about that.
0: It's probably a secret survival camp. Like you start out going, oh, it's kind of cool, man, Hellboy camp. And then you're slowly morphed into a <laughs> cult of survivalists. Oh, well.
1: Hey, hey, it's all good for you. Yeah, Kids need to learn how to survive. Some camo,
0: man. camo paint, some weapons. And, yeah, they'll be uh, fine. the fact that you'll suddenly hate the government.
1: Uh, it's all good. Um Pell-Grain Press has a $3 voucher. They threw this out over Twitter as a... Um, as a kind of a – I think it called it a uh, social media experiment that until June – so this, this episode will drop before June gets here. You can use uh, the following code to get $3 or three pounds if you're in England off on your next purchase. HKCDY6M9 once per person. It's in the show notes. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, I actually put a link out in the um, our Google Plus community. That's out there. So if you're looking to buy something, three bucks is three bucks, man. Do it.
0: I wonder if that's I can. Simple. I wonder if it's like if I should buy it in pounds because you get more money off. Ooh, not a bad idea. It's probably more expensive in pounds though. <laughs> it probably dirty is. bastards screwing with me yeah. economically.
1: Blast the British! Um, number three, I played um, Atlas Games Once Upon a Time with my kids. It's a storytelling game, card based. It's similar to Hobbit Tales. My daughter and uh, my little girl, Ilana, and AJ had a blast playing it. We had a lot of fun. That was cool. I've got the link out there. If you have little kids, like to tell stories and so on, it was a hoot. It was a lot of fun. And I did Phil Vecchione from Mr. Director Mark mentioned on their last episode that he has a game over on Gnome Stew, and if you're not looking at Gnome Stew, go check it out. Gnome Stew's always got some good blog posts and articles and such, and <clears throat> he's got one on dead games. He talks about where he uh, went into his uh, Ghostbusters game, talks a little bit about it, how to get into it, and all that good stuff. So um, I hope we had a little hand in that. Maybe we uh, pushed him a little bit, got him him thinking and writing about that. But it was cool to see him take on the Dead Games piece, so that was fun. Yeah. Sean, you are up, sir.
0: BLMA. That's like... God, I wish that, I wish I could mute my Skype. I get a guy that comes on and off. I should just remove him as a contact. Sorry. You should
1: totally do that. Uh, B-L,
0: B L, B is in Boy, L is in Lima, M is in Mike, A is in Apple blog. I believe it is done by Lee Hadley, who I follow on the Google Pluses. Um, where it has miniature, it's a miniatures website, and I was impressed with a picture of some smoke markers that he had done and if you do miniatures battles that has to do with any type of ammunition this would be kind of some cool stuff to do smoke markers because it looks like flaming smoke like movie type flaming blowing up oily smoke so it's like black and orange
1: oh yeah I'm looking at it here and it's pretty cool.
0: So he's got a lot of, if you're a miniatures war gamer person, I highly suggest checking out Lee's blog. I'll have a a link in the show notes. He's got a lot of stuff on different terrain and a lot of different things that he does. And it's well done, I think. And, uh, I know some of you might already know this, but I, it came across my radar and I thought it was kind of cool there.
1: You know what I'm going to do? I'm just, I'm on his Google plus page right now looking at that's freaking cool. I'm going to put i I'm going to post one of his little blog things out to our Google plus page. That'll be slick. Uh,
0: number two, aid for GURPS. Another GURPS thing I came across and I found it on Google plus. Um, so GURPS role play and it's R with a, I don't know, it's not an umlaut. I don't know what the, the emphasis on the O L play. No L E. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how that is in French. Anyways, Dash play site is an online character creator and campaign server. This is an online place to store the character sheets for when the players forget their printed sheets. It is very clean and intuitive and free to use. The most recent updates were a while ago, but it appears that is because there hasn't been the need for updates lately. If you're a GURPS player or GM, please check this site out. It's quite nice. So I have a link to the blog that actually I came across that pointed me to the end tool. Because uh, the end tool's web page is not – it talks about how it's like, hey, we've put this feature in there. And you got to create a character or create a, an account. So it doesn't really say like, hey, this is this, and it's really awesome, and you should log in, and this is the features. So the blog kind of did that, and then you go to the link where the actual tool is. So if you're playing GURPS, it's a great resource. You may Again, if you're a GURPS player, you may already know this. If not, check it out. Cool. Number three, Fury Road, or Furry Road. <laughs> nice. I think I should make an RPG called... For Matt, I call it mad minimum.: furry, Mad
1: minimum, Furry Road. Furry
0: Road. Hey, if you've checked out Fury Road, Mad Max, Fury Road, and it's got you pumped up, check out Atomic Highway, which is free RPG. Yeah, Are you serious?: I said it's free, and it was a 2010 any nominee. God so, damn. I went and downloaded it while Brett was talking about all his other crap in the topic section. <laughs> oh ho, ho, ho. I'm just so kid- bored with me. Uh, in the real game. I'm kidding. Nice. No, really, I did. But uh nice. no, seriously though, it's it's so it's some people talk about Apocalypse World, but I have seen people like check out that game and they're like, dude, if you're Mad Max, this is the game to play. Atomic Highway 2010. Not that Apocalypse World is not good. But I think this one would fit the genre just a little bit better, or it's just an option for you. Should you wonder if it's Apocalypse World or Atomic Highway, and there,
1: Atomic Highway is the V6 engine, so a little yeah. bit different. Cool.
0: Yeah. Nice. Yeah, check it out, man. It's not going to cost you anything.
1: I'm going to have to grab a copy. It's free. I love me some free stuff.
0: Right. Well. So, if you have found this episode as crazy as any of the other episodes and you think that other people should endure our craziness, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. As a matter of fact, you don't even have to type up anything. Just click a few stars or one star or two stars or three stars or whatever stars and then that's it. That's all you have to do. It helps us get added exposure and people will find us on iTunes. Absolutely. If you want to comment on this episode, it'll be at gamingnbs.com forward slash 037. Otherwise I am one of your hosts Sean.
1: And I am Brett. Good night. Good game and all.